Hey there, and welcome to episode three of The Weekly Grind, a podcast where we work out the topics that shape and influence the culture, community, and church of today from a biblical perspective. I'm Ben, here with my pastor and good friend Chip. He's a lead pastor, and I'm the worship pastor at the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. Today in episode three, it's all about greatness. We're talking about greatness, what it means in the worldly sense, and what it means in the biblical sense. And we'll dig into Mark 10 a little bit and see what Jesus says about greatness. So... Can I just make it just a point of, of truth right now? Depends on what your truth is, whether it's truth or not. <laughs> no, I'm just saying simply, LeBron, settle in the debate, LeBron's better than Michael Jordan. Did you really just say that on totally, camera? Totally. Here's the thing. This is, this is going out online, right? Can you say that again? Yeah. It's, LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, this is an ongoing debate that we've had, yeah. but I can't believe you're willing to put this out there and letting people know well, that this is what you believe and this is who you are. Ben. We're talking about... Your credibility is at stake We're talking about greatness <laughs> today. We're talking about greatness today, and I just wanted to say... Oh, my goodness. In, in the spirit of great things, he is the greatest basketball player of all time. I got to hear why, why you even think so this is So everybody says Michael Jordan's a shooter, right? I mean, he's he was the... It was one he's of like many the best, things. One of many things. LeBron's not even... He's like an assist guy. He tries to make everybody around him better, and he like passed Michael Jordan in, in <laughs> total points. Um, how's uh, losing five finals making everybody around you better? How many has he made in a row? Like nine? Not this year. They're already out. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just saying. So what? Fifth? Okay, so. I got to hear this. I'm ready. I, you know what? I didn't even really have to spend a lot of time studying for this debate. No. Because it's because like a no-brainer to me. You're like, you're like this postmodern generation who just had like is based on feelings in his heart and how it makes him feel when he was a little kid. Michael Jordan. I think there's LeBron James. I think there's six reasons why it goes beyond my feelings. <laughs> I don't even have so, enough so fingers we, on one hand so for we, all the rings. So simply the only way that we measure greatness is championships. Is that how you measure it? I think there's That's a component the, to that. Yes. So there's a, there's a weighted element to that. Yeah. So and it doesn't matter that LeBron's been to three more championships than Michael. Okay, that doesn't can, matter, right? We can break that down too. Because LeBron James made it to nine, eight or nine, yeah, nine, eight in a row, whatever it was, finals in what was the weakest conference ever. The Eastern Conference, the last yeah, but 10 who did years. he have around him? It was pretty much him making it. And he made he made all these no-name guys whoa, whoa, whoa. way better. One time. Nah. One time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That argument falls down because he is the guy who's taking his talents to South Beach and joining Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh yeah. and creating the super team. Michael Jordan never created a super team, all right? He didn't 
leave somewhere to join up with other all-stars. And so the the argument that LeBron it did it on his own is only valid for a couple years when I am saying the Eastern Conference was so pitifully poor <laughs> that I think you and I could have led the Cavs to the NBA Finals. <laughs> I know I could have. But when he got there and faced a real team, bad news. I think I think the MVP awards do him a disservice. I think people he's a four-time MVP winner. How many times did Michael win the MVP? I don't know, but here's the thing. People just got tired of there four times that he won the MVP award when he should have won it probably every year of his of his NBA oh my career. Goodness, Ben. Pretty much. No. No, not even close. 15-time All-Star. Okay, are you going to throw the stat argument at me? I'm just I'm just pointing some stuff out here. I, I listen. Not only did Michael Jordan he didn't have to quit. He stuck with it. He <laughs> quit. You can't back, call quit. Michael Jordan a quitter. His dad dies, right? And he is at in, in, in one of the hardest periods of a person's life. Your best friend dies. Yeah. His dad loved baseball. He was trying to honor his dad by playing another professional sport in the prime of his career. He leaves for two years, travels on buses around the southeast United States, yeah. comes back and leads the Bulls on a three-year run that, to me, is almost unprecedented. Those three years. Like, Jordan did not quit. The stat argument is, um, if you're arguing longevity, like, creates greatness, um, I think the difference between 12 years and 15 years or 16 years is not a valid argument. Now, the valid the argument between being great for five years and being great for 15 years is an argument. But Jordan played long enough that there is no longevity argument. And the stats, of course, LeBron's going to pass him in points, rebounds, and assists. Jordan left for two years in his prime. The NBA is a different animal today. I was just, I did look this LeBron, up. LeBron totally changed the face of the NBA forever. And Jordan didn't? No, I didn't say he didn't. Jordan made I, it an international thing. I mean, Jordan made the sport what it was. Took it to the next level. It's the reason why LeBroni is wearing number 23. He because he idolized him when he was a little boy. Right, because and then he everybody all of a recognized found, found out one day that he was the greatest. Let's go of, back to the stat argument, okay? Because I know when we have these discussions, okay. you talk about assists okay. and points, and he's passing him there. Listen, if you look at the NBA in the 90s, late 80s and 90s, and the NBA today, all of the metrics support that there are more possessions, there is more scoring, mm-hmm. Of course he's going to score more points. Of course he's going to have more assists. Everybody's scoring more. And the way the rules have changed, Jordan played in the bad boy era of the Pistons where he was mugged. LeBron basically goes to the rim, and if he's so much as touched, he's going to the free throw line. He gets banged up a lot more. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. But because he plays in a much more up pace. I mean, the amount of possessions 
is up from the 90s to now, okay? And again, I just think that, again, I'm going to use this on you, and it's not fair to you, okay? All right, all right. But it's like I say, I lived through both of them. Yeah. And you just know. One, you were were a young, impressionable boy, and the other one, you're a grown adult watching. (laughs) Well, you're a young, impressionable boy with LeBron. No, I'm not. He's like two years older than me. (laughs) He is not. LeBron's 35. He's he's four years older than me, four and a half. It's the same thing. Like, that's your era. So do you think, though, I mean, if LeBron would have decided to go into the NFL to play tight end, he would have been a beast. I mean, I think they're very comparable with. He would have made the NFL, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Which is. Do I think he would have been a productive player in the NFL? Yes. He's a freak, freak athlete. There's no debating that. But when it comes down to who do you want to have on your team to win the most important game of your life, you want the man. And that is Michael Jordan. How He not only could propel a team to the top, but at the end of the game, man, you want the ball in his hands because he is the closer. I think that this was a test for me because I told you before we started, I'm on the same page as you, man. I know. How are my debate skills? I think I think I think you maybe should have taken the LeBron side of it, and I should have taken the Jordan side. I don't want to like not give LeBron props because no, I mean he's, he's not the had an incredible, but I just cannot move from really believing that Michael Jordan is the greatest player. He's kind of had the it factor. All. Yeah, exactly. There's something that is, and I hate to use this word <laughs> in a sports setting. Uh, but it's transcendent um, where you just know that the, the the way he was in a game, you just feel like this but guy. you touched on something. I mean, it's almost like comparing apples to oranges. The game is so much different now. I agree. <clears throat> I agree. What, what Jordan did for it, and then on the shoulders of Jordan, what LeBron was able to take it to as well. I, 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 I'm with you there. But no. no this is Jordan. fun. We have Michael a lot of Jordan's fun with best. this. But, you know, we, so we started talking about greatness, though. I mean, and that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. We're, attracted, we're attracted to greatness. We are. And those are the things that, we you know, we talked, about it. We we talked in the last, last podcast about worshiping things, right? Yeah. And our core values and how we were designed to worship stuff. Yeah. And it is amazing how many people just worship sports. Yep. You know, I've fallen into that trap. Okay, get consumed by it. Yep. What's the first thing you look at? What's the first thing you think about, you know, or or what do you spend your free time doing? Yeah. And so many for so many people it's supports or it's support it's sports. It's it's putting yourself in this conversation and just passionately advocating for your side and, and what you believe. Yeah. And you know, Mark ten. Jesus talks about greatness. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And it's almost like as a kingdom person, as a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we are attracted toward greatness. And we're arguing about Michael or LeBron. And yet to think biblically is to think of greatness in a different way. 
And it, really it is. Kingdom greatness flips upside down. Yeah. It flips what greatness is in this world. And uh, you referenced Mark 10, which we've looked at that together. It's, um, you know, James and John kind of covertly coming to Jesus <laughs> and saying, hey, when you start your kingdom, we want to be at the right and left hand. Yeah. We want to be at the place of honor. We want to be the great ones. We want to, and Jesus looks at him and says, listen, you are operating the way the world does. Think about the rulers that we have, the Romans, mm -hmm. that they lord their authority over everybody, and they build their greatness on their power, right? And Jesus says, listen, not so with you. Greatness in the kingdom is different than greatness around you. Right. And we think of greatness in this way. He says, whoever wants to be the greatest will be a servant. Yeah. To be great is a to serve. Yeah. And then he says, look, look at my life. The Son of Man came not to take, but to give his life a ransom for many and to serve this world. And so greatness in the kingdom is, am I willing to serve my fellow man, my community, my family, the person in front of me? What can I do to help them? Mm -hmm. That's greatness. Yeah. It involves humility. Yeah. It involves sacrifice, dying to self. Not being self-serving, and so many things that even today, yeah, our culture does not. That's right. Um, endorse, you know, or considers weakness. Yeah, absolutely. Not great. Absolutely, absolutely considers weakness. I loved, I loved verse forty-four in the Passion translation. It says, "The path to promotion and prominence comes by having the heart of a bond slave who serves everyone." promotion and prominence, then you must serve. I, you know, I'm thinking back, I remember in one of my former places of ministry, um, it, was, it was a small setting. Uh, I wore a lot of different hats, all right? Yeah. And um, I think I've told you before about my Sunday mornings, <laughs> oh, what they man, look I like. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things that would happen sometimes is just quite frankly, um, our facilities would not get cleaned at the the level that it needed to be. Mm. And we had one person come in. We could only afford them on like a Saturday. Yeah. Sometimes we'd have Wednesday stuff. Sometimes we'd have... And guess what would get dirty? What gets dirty the fastest? Yeah, bathrooms. The bathroom. Yeah. And I remember having this attitude like, oh, man, here yeah. I am. I'm the pastor of this church. And I got to go in there and clean the toilets. And, and I remember standing in a bathroom and the Lord convicting me and saying, listen, Chip, this is what the kingdom looks like. You as the pastor are willing to clean the bathroom. That, son, is greatness. Yeah. And I've never forgot that now. And I'm not looking to <laughs> you know scrub all the toilets. You know what no, I mean? But like, it's crazy because <laughs> I, I didn't prep this at all today. But um, 
that was one of the things that came to mind. It was Easter Sunday a few years ago, and, you know, you're in the normal flow, and somebody just, it was trashed. Yeah. And uh, I remember just walking off after our, our set. So you're in front of everybody leading worship, whatever. I went straight into the into the janitor's closet, went in, started just cleaning up around everything. And the same thing, God reminded me. It's just wow. crazy that we have, because we yeah. literally didn't plan this. But um, <laughs> so maybe the point is today we all need to clean the bathroom. Everybody, once. <laughs> everybody clean. Yeah. You know what? I was a I was a, a janitor for a factory, my dad's company, for a few years in high school growing up, and just you learn how to serve and you learn how to do it in love and humility, and it's not something that um, you know that you celebrate. And that <laughs> I mean, but it, it's it's truly humbling, and it truly does build character and. The more that you serve others and the more that you, um, you know, maybe we can think of another analogy other than cleaning toilets yeah. everywhere. <laughs> but but it's the things that you do in, in private, even in the secret place. That's right. And, you know, like the word for servant in the New Testament often is intentionally used as the most menial of tasks. Hmm. And like even Jesus, yeah. as he's uh, serving his disciples modeling this on the in the last supper he becomes their servant and washes their feet and i got to tell you so when true. you start to study that like washing people's feet in that day was not a fun chore it was the most menial of tasks they didn't have socks they didn't have closed toed shoes it was a dirty dusty grimy nasty job sweaty feet and it was given to the most menial servant to do that. And what does Jesus do? In fact, the disciples are like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're too, you're too good for this. Yeah. You can't clean my... What does Peter say? You can't clean my feet. And Jesus said, no, you don't understand who I am, what I'm about, and what I want you to be about. Yeah. Loving one another is being willing to go and serve at the most needed points. And... um. I love to be a part of a community where no one feels entitled to not No serve. one's above. Yeah, absolutely. That's the kingdom, man. Like yeah. the greatest or the ones that are in leadership are willing to do whatever's necessary to help that person out. Yeah. How different does that look than the world? Think of our athletes, our stars, who are traveling with their entourages, who I was just Pampered reading. And, yeah. Absolutely. I was just reading one like they wouldn't go into a building unless something was uh, secured <laughs> off. And they, they were the only one to yeah. use that bathroom for a while. And it had to be like just totally pampered. Yeah. And the world's looking like, that's great. That's who I want to be. That's what I admire. And all the while, the kingdom is, uh uh-uh. We are part of something different. But when you get to experience being a part of a community where this is greatness, you don't ever want to go back to anything else. No. Yeah. Good good thoughts. I'm really, really encouraged in my heart that you you do know the truth. That in the basketball world, in the menial, who's the greatest basketball player? It's 
number 23 from North Carolina, <laughs> standing six foot six, <laughs> weighing 195 pounds. There you go. Michael Jordan. All right, man. Yeah, I'm glad we settled yeah, that. Enjoy that. Make sure some of the guys in the church watch this. Some of those millennials who still hang on to to LeBron. LeBron, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> not the case. And at this point in his career, it's not going to happen. Yeah, but the point is, you and I can be great. We want to be great. We want to be significant. But it doesn't come through possessions. Or What about assists? I mean, he's one of the top 10 okay. as, most assists of all time. <laughs> Isn't that setting somebody up okay. for greatness? No. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's end this right All now right. before we go down a, a bad Greatness, road. like Jesus modeled it, not like Michael or LeBron. But. That's right. <laughs>